Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. Welcome to episode 19 of the North American Outdoors podcast. My name is Heidi Rayo, coming to you from the great state of Texas. Today, we are going to talk about the gray wolf. The scientific name of the gray wolf is Canis lupus, and it's the largest member of the canine family. This animal is also known as the timber wolf, the tundra wolf, arctic wolf, and the Mexican gray wolf. The gray wolf has a lifespan of about 15 years. Its coloration ranges from black to white, and it's often dependent on age and the color of the wolf's surroundings. Wolves around the Arctic Circle are normally white, and wolves in wooded areas tend to be a darker gray to brown to even a solid black color. Wolves found in northern Mexico and the western United States tend to be a lighter colored gray. This predator is a large and very powerful animal. Wolves stand about two and a half feet tall and are between five feet to five and a half feet long, including their tails. A male wolf can weigh up to 175 pounds, while females can weigh up to 120 pounds. They have 40 sharp, bone-crushing teeth. Wolves have sharp canines up to 2 inches long. As the animal ages, its teeth tend to wear down at a consistent rate. By the time the wolf is about 12 years of age, its teeth are usually dull and rounded. A pack of wolves can have a home territory of as little as 8 square miles in an area with abundant prey to a home range of several thousand square miles in areas with sparse prey. The historic range of the gray wolf encompassed all of Canada, all of the United States except the extreme southeastern geographical locations, and most of northern Mexico. The red wolf with the scientific name Canis rufus fill the niche in the southeastern United States. The current range of the gray wolf in North America encompasses all of Alaska, most of Canada, northern Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan, western Montana and Wyoming, and northern Idaho. There is a population of Mexican gray wolves in Arizona and New Mexico. This predator was extirpated in most of the continental United States by the 1940s. 
1995, gray wolves were reintroduced into Montana, Wyoming, and Idaho by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Division of the Department of the Interior. About the same time, the Mexican gray wolf was reintroduced into Arizona and New Mexico. The red wolf is still extirpated within its range. The last wild red wolves can only be found in the wild in a species survival plan program located in five counties in southeastern North Carolina. In the 1980s, an effort was made to save the species, and in an unprecedented biological endeavor, the last remaining red wolves, located in southeast Texas and southwestern Louisiana, were trapped, DNA tested for purity, and transported to their new sanctuary. With legislative protection, the wolves can thrive and quickly reestablish in its former range. In just 10 years, the wolf has been removed from the list of endangered species in Montana, Wyoming, and Idaho. Gray wolves are legally protected in every state, either by state or federal laws, or both. Many states are expecting to experience the return of the wolf in their jurisdictions through expansion. States such as Colorado are already preparing for the wolf's return from migration from the north and south. This puts the unsuspecting outdoorsman in an ever-increasing chance of an unexpected encounter with this fearsome predator. The wolf is one of the most adaptable and intelligent of all wildlife predators. This species has shown the ability to survive in a wide range of habitats from desert, subarctic, alpine, prairie, even in the temperate forest. The cleverness of wolves is legendary as they have shown a sophisticated ability to solve problems, communicate, and anticipate situations. Perhaps the best known and most feared wolf behavior is working as a pack. Packs are sophisticated and complex social groups set up in a hierarchy. The head of almost every pack is a pair of dominant wolves, the alpha male and alpha female, or the alpha pair. These two animals are also a breeding pair. As a rule, the alpha pair is the pair in the pack to have pups. The alpha male and alpha female can often be distinguished by their raised tails while among other members of the pack. Starting with the alpha pair, there is a rank order for each wolf in the pack all the way down to the lowest wolf, or the omega wolf. Relationships in the pack are constantly tested, and conflicts among members often occur, sometimes resulting in the distribution of wolves or even the death of some of their members. Packs range in size from two-plus pups up to 30 members. An average pack size is about eight individuals. Packs often change size and sometimes even disappear, especially when the alpha pair dies. In the greater Yellowstone region in northwestern Wyoming, new packs are formed and old packs move out every year. Hunting and pup rearing are vital to the growth and success of a pack. While an individual wolf can hunt and kill small animals, it is the packs that are successful in bringing down large wildlife animals such as moose, deer, elk, and bison. Wolves make a variety of vocalizations, including howling, barking, growling, and whimpering. These sounds, plus their body language, 
produce a sophisticated ability to communicate among themselves. More than likely, this is evolutionary in development to further the pack socializing and the ability to work together as a pack to hunt. Wolves normally breed in February and give birth in April. The wolf gives birth to up to six pups in a den. The den is either a hole in the ground or in a natural cave. The pups stay in the area of the den for up to five months. During this time, the pack defends the den ferociously. At about two and a half years, the offspring leave the pack to establish their own packs. This usually happens during the summer. The wolf's primary food source is a large hoofed animal, such as an elk, deer, and moose. They are also opportunistic feeders, preying on birds and small mammals. Wolves hunt by working together and encircling their prey. The pack has about 10% success rate in catching prey. When large prey is taken down, the alpha male and alpha female attack the head and neck, and the youngest members of the pack attack the shoulder area, and the other pack members attack the rump area. Studies have shown that the majority of large animals that are preyed upon by wolves have arthritis in their joints, indicating this is why they are targeted because they're a weakened food source. With a 10% success rate in the wolf's hunting ability, it is not uncommon for this wildlife predator to go several days between meals. Even though feedings may be several days apart, wolves still need an average of 10 to 20 pounds of food per day. When they do make successful kills, wolves often feed so much that they have been described as being, quote, meat drunk, lounging around in a half-sleep stupor. Wolves have evolved into pack hunters. The most dangerous encounter between wolves and humans are when it involves one or two animals. This is normally when young animals leave a family pack to establish their own pack. Since this lone wolf or pair of wolves are not as effective in catching prey as a pack, these wildlife predators must switch to smaller prey that is easier for them to bring down. This would include people. Wolves in a pack tend to shy away from human beings. Almost all of the documented attacks in North America have been perpetrated by a single animal or a young pair. These animals are usually young and inexperienced and oftentimes hungry. They are looking for a quick and easy meal. Because wolves are widespread, thousands of people live, work, and recreate in wolf country. Wolves rarely act aggressively towards humans, but there have been instances in Alaska and Canada where wolves have attacked people. One of the first cases of a healthy wolf pack killing a human was in Saskatchewan, Canada in 2005. A second person was killed in 2010 in Alaska. There have been several other reported cases of wolf aggression that resulted in serious injuries. People who enjoy outdoor recreational activities in wolf country must be aware of their surroundings at all times. When you go into the wilderness, it is always recommended to travel with at least one other person. Develop a habit of scanning your surroundings and cleaning up after yourself to avoid any unwelcomed wildlife guests across your path or into your campsite. If you are traveling with small children, 
keep them close. If you do happen to encounter a lone wolf or a pack of wolves at close range, never run or turn your back on the potential wildlife threat. If you are approached, act aggressively, appear as large as you can, and maintain eye contact at all times. Discourage wolves from approaching you by making a lot of noise, yelling, clapping your hands, and grabbing whatever is close at hand to throw, such as rocks or sticks. Ideally, you would have a firearm with you and or bear spray on your body to combat the attack. There are some signs that the outdoorsman should be aware of that would indicate that a wolf is in the area. One of the most dangerous situations that an individual could find himself or herself in is to stumble upon a wolf den between the months of April and October. If someone comes across a wolf pup, more than likely there is going to be an encounter with a large wildlife predator. If by some turn of fate an encounter is avoided, a hiker should put distance between himself or herself and the den as quickly as possible without running. Running could trigger an attack by a nearby wolf. A more common situation that an outdoorsman could find himself or herself in is coming across a fresh wolf kill. One characteristic of a wolf kill that differs from other large predators is that wolves do not cover up their prey. Mountain lions and both black and brown bears, more often than not, cover their prey in between feedings. Similar to mountain lions and bears, wolves will return multiple times to feed upon a kill, but will leave the carcass exposed in between their feedings. Another characteristic of a wolf kill is the order and method of consuming the carcass. Once wolves make a kill, the animal starts on the underside of the prey at the belly. The wolves first feed on the entrails, heart, lungs, liver, and other soft organs because these are rich in fat and nutrients. In contrast, mountain lions seldom feed on the intestines and stomach of their prey. Wolves also do not pluck the hair away from the carcass before feeding upon it as a mountain lion would. Once the soft tissue is consumed, wolves turn to the large muscles, almost deboning their prey. The last thing that wolves consume is the bones of their prey. Sometimes wolves will cache some of the carcass of their kill if competition for carcasses is intense in an area. This is done by tearing off large chunks of flesh and hiding it or digging a hole and burying it so it can be consumed later. This should not be mistaken for the ritualistic covering of a kill by a mountain lion or a bear, for example. There are two other signs around the kill that would indicate that wolves are actively feeding upon it. These would be the presence of tracks and scat. Wolf scat is easily distinguished from other large predators. The scat is large, oval, and often sectioned. The scat from a wolf will contain hair and pieces of bone. The scat looks very similar to that of a large domesticated dog. Wolf tracks are easy to identify. Wolf tracks have two distinct lobes at the heel of the foot. There are also claw marks present in the track at the tips of the toes. The toes themselves are more rounded than that of large cats. 
large cats have tear-shaped toes without the presence of claw marks. It is sometimes difficult to determine how many animals are in a pack because wolf packs usually travel in a single file until they prepare for a kill. Another sign that would indicate the presence of a wolf is the markings of its territory. Wolves mark their territory with feces and urine. Wolves will often defecate at the base of trees and other geological features. When a wolf marks its territory, it does so with many locations. These locations can be relatively close to one another. Wolves will also mark their territory with urine. When the wolf uses urine, it will often urinate twice with the streams side by side. An individual can take actions to decrease the chances of unintentional encounters with a gray wolf by limiting their activities during dusk and nighttime hours. This is when wolves are most active. If activities have to be conducted during these hours, do it in groups of two or more. Even the most minor activities should be performed in groups. It is suggested that when individuals are in wolf country, even getting out of your tent to go to the bathroom should be done in pairs. It may be inconvenient, but it is always safer to be accompanied. If an individual finds himself in the dangerous situation of coming face-to-face with a wolf or several of these animals, they will normally communicate their intentions. Wolves are very communicable with members of their packs and wolves outside of their packs. The same type of communication that wolves use with each other to show aggression will be displayed towards people before an attack. A wolf displaying an aggressive posture starts with the animal taking a position that is slightly quartered with its head turned towards its intended victim. The wolf then shows its teeth, displaying its canines while growling and lowering its head below its shoulders. The hair on the wolf's neck and back stands up while the animal lays its ears back. The last sign that an attack is about to occur is the squinting of his eyes. Another sign of aggression that a wolf might display is sticking its tongue straight out in an almost taunting manner. If it looks as if an attack is imminent, the best method of escape is to climb a tree. Wolves cannot climb like mountain lions and bears. In 1830, two men were reportedly attacked by a pack of wolves near the Kentucky and Ohio border at dusk. The men were walking through the woods with axes on their backs because the area was known to have wolves. They were attacked. They began fighting off the attack with their axes, when one was knocked to the ground and the other one dropped his axe and climbed up a tree. The next morning, the survivor climbed down from the tree to discover three dead wolves and the bones of his partner scattered on the ground. This account was documented by John James Audubon, founder of the Audubon Society. The worst thing to do is run. A wolf can reach speeds up to 45 miles per hour for short distances. The act of running can actually trigger an attack. It is also possible to wave your arms and raise sticks to make yourself look bigger to deter an attack. This may work some of the time, but often does not work on this wildlife predator. The animal is designed for a fight. 
pelting a wolf with stones gets their attention and should be effective for driving off this wildlife predator. Attacks from wolves are very vicious. Whereas bears may attack an individual just for getting in the way, predators such as wolves and mountain lions attack for food. Once an attack starts, wolves will attempt to knock their victim down. The longer an individual can stay on his or her feet, the better the odds for survival. Staying on one's feet increases the chance of fighting off this wildlife predator. The wolf does the most harm to its victim from being on top and biting down and ripping flesh. The teeth of the wolf are designed to inflict as much tissue damage as possible. Death usually occurs from massive blood loss. In 1996, a family camping in Canada had a near-fatal experience with a wolf. A wolf attacked an 11-year-old boy while he was asleep in his sleeping bag. The wolf pulled the boy from his sleeping bag and tried to drag him off. His parents fought off the wolf. The young boy survived but suffered a crushed nose, the right side of his face which was torn off, and a portion of his right ear was missing. If there is more than one wolf in the attack, the victim should try to avoid being encircled by the wolves. An individual can increase the chances of survival if he or she backs up against an object such as a large tree, rock, or cliff. The victim should yell and fight and do everything they can to fight back. Punching the wolf in its sensitive nose or gouging its eyes can get the animal to retreat. The idea is to make the wolf know that you are not easy prey and you are not worth getting injured over. There are numerous attacks by wolves on humans recorded in North America. Unlike attacks by mountain lions, wolves do not discriminate on whom they attack. Grown men are just as likely to be attacked as small children and women. It also seems that attacks are happening more frequently. In 2010, a fatal attack occurred in a small southwestern village in Alaska. A schoolteacher was jogging on a rural road. She was mauled to death by a pair of wolves. The suspected animals were tracked and shot. Marks on the body matched up with the dead wolves to verify that these wildlife predators were responsible for her death. In 1987, a 16-year-old girl was bitten by a wolf in Algonquin Provincial Park in Ontario. She was camping in the park with a youth group and shined a flashlight at the wolf. The wolf reacted to the light by biting her on the arm. She sustained only scratch marks. In 1986, a Pennsylvania family was vacationing in the same park, Algonquin Provincial Park in Ontario. They decided to sleep under the stars one evening. The young child was awoken by a lone wolf biting him on the face and dragging him from his sleeping bag. The boy was screaming, and his parents raced to his side and rescued him from the wolf. The boy was taken to a hospital and underwent four hours of reconstructive surgery to rebuild the damage the wolf did to his face. Wolves likely killed a teacher from Pennsylvania who was jogging along a rural Alaskan village in 2010. Officials report the lady had multiple injuries due to the animal mauling. 
The autopsy could not say which animals, but wolves are the chief suspect. There are no other reported carnivores in that area. Wolf tracks were all around the body, along with drag marks associated with these tracks. Her body was found off the road a mile outside of a village on the Alaskan Peninsula, about 500 miles southwest of Anchorage. The best defense for dealing with large wildlife predators is to become educated about their habits, their habitats, and their biology. Along with knowledge, common sense is a must. All of the safety equipment available to an individual is useless if the person entering the predator's world does not have any common sense. Actively practicing good, sound techniques to prevent encounters with large wildlife predators can circumvent the need for more extreme measures. There is no better classroom than the outdoors, roaming the woods and waters and creating memories that will last a lifetime. This is Heidi Rayo, and you have heard another North American Outdoors podcast. For more information, visit NorthAmericanOutdoors.org and follow us on Instagram at North American Outdoors. Have a great day.